Welcome to Startup Climb, where we bring you interviews with startup founders. Through this podcast, we hope to go behind the curtains to find out where it all begins. This is an inside look on their journey, their struggles, and how they overcome adversity. On today's episode, we have Kang Liang, founder of Swapi. Swapi aims to help small and medium enterprise save money by leveraging on unused consumer credit card rebates. Welcome, Kang Liang. Hi, Kang Liang. Hello. Hi. So, um, I think I'd just like to jump right into it, right? So, like, how do you get the idea to first start Swapi? Hi. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, so Swapi is uh, maybe I'll just introduce a little bit about Swapi and what we do, right? So, it is a marketplace where you can come on board to earn more points on your credit cards because, let's say, you you don't spend your full credit limit on your credit card, but the bank gives you some rebates for every dollar you spend. So, what we empower you to do is you buy something on behalf of uh, SME or a micro company or even a non-profit, right? And then you get to you get to keep the rebates, uh, but they are paying for bulk of the the actual transaction volume for you, right? So how this idea came about was, um, you know, me and my friends we were having dinner, and I am a very stingy person in general, I would say, right? right. So um um. I can be calculative at times and um, I, I was saying like, okay, I'll pay with my credit card first, right? Because I, I am, you know, $100 away from the rebate, from the bonus rebate this month. And and they're like, okay, why you why do you always pay your credit card first? And I say, yeah, because I want to earn all the points and all the cash back, right? And then they are, and then they say, hey, how about, you know, you take your credit card and you just go and buy literally everything for everyone in this whole shopping mall. And then I was like, right. hey, that's a good idea. Yeah, so let me try to commercialize my credit card, right? So um, yeah, so I worked on a few commercial models. Um, pivoted quite a number of times. So that was since um, I think August last year. That's why I, right. I went through a few pivots and we reached where we are now, where someone with a credit card with, you know, anywhere from 2 to 5% rebate could purchase something for for an organization or entity. Uh, and in the process, you give them a 1% to 2% um, subsidy. Right. Is there like a lot of paperwork involved in this? Because like yeah, yeah, literally helping like a business purchase um what they need for their for mm. their um company, right? Would there be a lot of like paperwork or like hassle involved or like the swappy handle all of that for, for the customer? Yeah, so right now uh we are still building the platform because we are still to be honest, we're still validating the market uh to make right. sure that you know the, the market actually has such a need, right? So what we are doing now is we are doing we're manually doing a three-way WhatsApp or telegram chat. So as for P, what we come in, we are going to be the process experts, right? We are going to come in and say, hey, um, okay, uh, party A, this is what you're going to do. You're going to transfer the money. You're going to give instructions. You're going to wait for your item to be bought. Party B, you're going to receive the money, confirm, rece- confirm that you received the money, and then make purchase according to the instructions, right? So um, right now, that's what we are doing. Um, and we are serving micro SMEs mainly, so there isn't much paperwork. I mean, of course, the most would be, you know, we issue them uh, an invoice on on the behalf of the customer. Right. Uh, th- th- that's about it. Um, I think paperwork, to be honest, and, and this applies for a lot of startups, right? Paperwork is somewhat secondary if the the main value that you are offering is, I mean, the, the main value that you're offering is the main thing that you should be worried and concerned right. and wrapping your heads around. Uh, paperwork would sort itself out. Right. So um actually I'm a little bit curious um on the product itself. Um mm-hmm. how scalable would you say it it would be? Because like 
now it sounds a little bit like manual, right? Where like it's a yeah. Telegram chat, it's a WhatsApp chat. But if let's say you have like a thousand of those, then would it would it still be as scalable? Yeah, I think if we we cross a certain number, then of course um we would move everything to the product. I mean, we would accelerate the building of the product and right. and move everything to the web product, right? The web right. marketplace. Um, so so I think I think right now it is about right now the the focus is testing the operational model. Uh, right. what model works best? Uh, what kind of process SOP works best before we build a product in that manner, right? And and this is I think this is the real meaning of what people call lean startup, especially mm. when you don't have a lot of tech resources, right? Um, that's how you kind of rapidly prototype stuff such that when you build your final product, um, it would be so quote unquote good enough, right? Um, and and I think eventually it would scale um, based on a particular set of um, procedures that we we determine at the end of this current um, validation phase. Right. So um, I'd like to move a little bit into um, the, like how big is your team at the moment? And mm-hmm. yeah, so um, could you just share a little bit? Yeah, sure. So um, since August um, 2019, right, I had a few co-founders on and off. Um, but I realized that I, I think one big learning is that, you know, um, these co-founders came on board as part-time, as a, as a, you know, passion project, side project kind of thing, which right. most of them didn't work out. And um, I, I think that that shouldn't be the, that shouldn't be the case for any startup, right? So um, um, right now I'm back to myself as a single founder and I, I, had an intern who onboarded like you know three weeks ago in in this month may 2020 right um and and i think yeah so, so i think i think it is a time where i am going to rapidly grow this service offering which is why which is why i decided to you know break the bank a little bit and and hire hire one or two interns right so let, let's go into that right like hiring of interns so mm-hmm. um Normally, the uh, startup's first or second hire, even uh, mm-hmm. intern or full time, right, is quite instrumental in the building of the company because yeah. that's when you suddenly have another person to help you out with your startup. Yeah. So, what Correct. were the qualities that you look for in that intern when you hired uh, him or her? Mm-hmm. So, I I have quite a I would say pretty pretty unorthodox interview process, right? right? Where I I don't typically ask them, you know, things like strengths and weaknesses, things like um things like uh you know your your most proudest most moment and all that kind of thing. Right. I typically ask the candidates that I interview things like, you know, um how resourceful they are, right? By them actually showing me stuff, right? I, I do I do very, very instant role plays and I see how do they respond. Right. I do um I ask them things, very personal questions, like, you know, what's their birth order and how do they think that, you know, their birth order in the fam for example, right? Birth order in the family, whether they are eldest brother or younger sister, how does it affect um different characteristic traits of them? Right. Um they we talk about, you know, things like what do they want to be when they graduate? Uh what do they want to do? Um, how do they find their direction? Do they have mentors? Do they have a growth mindset? Because I think all those are the most important things you look for in any employee, not just your first employee, right? As compared to, you know, someone who can, who has only the hard skills and has no, no mindset for improve, self-improvement, right? No mindset for resilience, no mindset for being resourceful. Um, that's, right. not, that's not something you want 
in a startup. Um, I think, I think um, having having someone who has a lot more soft skills as compared to so so of course you can't have a zero you can't have a zero hard skill and hundred soft skill right you someone with a 50, 50 hard skill and seventy soft skill would definitely uh, be better than someone with a hundred hard skill and just twenty soft skill or or pretty average attitude. Yeah. Right. So I think I think someone who is hardworking, resilient, um, always looking to improve him or herself. Uh, those are the most key traits for me. Right. So um, I would just like to um talk a little bit about um your the key traits that you mentioned, like resilience, mm-hmm. hardworking, and growth mindset. If like mm-hmm. among the three, like, is there one that you prioritize uh, like uh, above the other two? Um, okay, so so maybe maybe growth mindset because uh this is something that um it's a little bit of a personal bias for myself. Right. Right. That, um I'm I personally I, I I'm always looking to for ways on how I can improve myself. Uh I like to read like management journals and all that kind of thing. So um yeah, so someone who someone who is not content with just being an employee, uh chances are Chances are I would be more attracted to that person. Uh, but then again, then again, this is a bias, right? Because um in in psychology you have things like um, you know, people are always attracted to people who are similar to themselves. Right. So um yeah, so so I mean I'm aware that this is a bias, but I think um having a growth improvement mindset is really, really key um um for not just for a job in a startup, right, but for the entire world out there. Right. So um I think that's pretty interesting and actually it's quite similar. You're like um based on like some other founders that I talked to, right? A lot of them mm-hmm. prioritize this growth mindset because um mm-hmm. they feel that um you can come in with nothing per se, like like mm-hmm. no subject matter expert uh, expertise mm-hmm. and stuff, but if you're willing mm-hmm. to learn you can normally catch on quite fast. Right. So I think that's something that um a lot of uh, founders actually prioritize and I think that's also very, very important for like a startup mm-hmm. because limited resources, it's very difficult yeah. for you to keep finding yeah. new people that and try them and fit them, right? Correct. Correct. Okay, can I can I just jump in here? Yep. Yeah, because for sure. I, I realized that I mean when you talk about growth mindset, right? There is of course the short term, which is learning for the job, right? right. And the long term which I always implore a lot of people to think about, um, be, it, be it my interns or my mentees, right? To think about, you know, um, today you pick up coding, sure, right? But, uh, and it's going to help you in your current job, right? Sure, right? But what kind of, um, what kind of mental models does learning coding give you, right? What kind of hard skills does learning this particular coding course give you um, such that you can be more, attractive in the job market in the future, right? Such that, right. you know, you can deal with life in a more, more, you know, maybe, maybe logical way, right? So for example, I mean, I mean, just, just, <laughs> just trying to, to make things a, a little bit far-fetched here, right? Um, uh, maybe, for example, if you pick up a code, if you are like an arts major and you pick up a coding course and then you are going to treat life in, in a more logical and, and not non-emotional way, for, for example, right? And that may, that may help you in not just your work life but also your personal life so so these are also things that you know um um form part of the growth mindset to me right. uh it's not just about it's not just about oh okay uh i need to i need to learn this for the job so i'm going to pick it up right now right that, that's i think of course the the level one the fundamental 
Right. Right. The the more the the higher level one, the high level two would be like you know um, how does learning a particular thing for the job right now um, help me in the grander scheme of things. Right. Mm. I see. I see. So I think that that's a pretty like I feel like you have a quite a clear yardstick of how you um hire people. So um let's move a little bit into like the current situation where we talk about COVID's impact. Because I think um it's very interesting to to understand COVID's impact on a startup, right? Because mm. um some it might help boost um like credibility or give you eyeballs right because like people are more free at the moment and then mm. thus they are able to like listen to you your pitch your demo but some people might be like hey i'm very much exposed to the detriments of covid so on yeah. on your case um how, how has covid impact your business mm, i think it, it's it's twofold right so it's a very interesting period right now we are in where where especially given my stage where i need to speak to as many customers as possible right, right. um it, it has COVID has somewhat make made things easier in terms of speaking to customers because um in the past you would go for you ask for a meeting or you ask for appointment and people would be like no I have no time uh don't don't bother me um you know they they try to push back appointment dates and all that but with COVID you just ask for a ten minute call or fifteen minute call and then um chances are people cannot say no uh it's pretty illogical to say no to just you know ten or fifteen minute call because you're seated at home in front of a computer every day, right? right. Um, so socially, people are more more open to take calls. So that that helps uh, a lot of, you know, early stage B2B startups. And I would encourage um, um, early stage B2B startups who are serving SMEs to, to really go out there and, and you know, uh, try, to, try to arrange as many calls as possible. So that's, that's one good thing, right? Um, the other bad thing is, of course, um, um, Everyone is flooding the market with you know all the COVID, all the COVID, um, all their COVID marketing materials and right. all their different funny, funny COVID special offers and all that kind of thing. So if you are competing in the SME market, um, the chances are you know you are your voice is already going to be drowned out, right? So it is how you can activate your it boils down to how you can activate your current customer base to do more referrals for you to to you know um. <clears throat> It's it's a good time to you know understand your current customers and see what more you can do for them basically. Right. So yeah. um, I'll let's circle back a little bit because I think just now you mentioned the the whole B two B thing and how Swappy is in a B two B business. Why mm-hmm. why have you not uh have you considered um doing B two C where like you help customers try to link out with other customers and like 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 just normal you and me retail consumers right and and yeah. do this credit limit thing for them as well. Yeah, sure. Um, that was actually the first business idea, right? Because right. I was remember I was paying for my friends, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I was I was saying like, you know what? If I could find another fifty friends in the same shopping mall to pay for, right? Um, of course that idea didn't work out because um, number one, all the whole loyalty and cashback game is pretty flooded already, right? Right. Um, with all the different platforms we have, and number two, the idea, I mean the the transaction size was pretty small. So um, nobody would bother to, you know, put in a request and wait for someone to come to save themselves, right? Two or three dollars. Right. <laughs> but but people, would, people, would, people wouldn't mind a, like, just one single click or just one single QR code to save two or three dollars because of the convenience issue. So I right. think the, the takeaway here is that, you know, whatever you're building, um, 
it is about you know whether your users would with the inconvenience to get whatever value you are pushing to them or not. Right. right so um, value that you're pushing to them is relying on marketing, right? Convenience, inconvenience is relying on product and operations. So um, I, I think it is really it is really true when people say that, you know, a startup is like multiple functions coming together to bring one offering to the customer. Right. I see, mm-hmm. I see. So um, I think uh, just now you mentioned a little bit about how you had to pivot your business several times in order to mm-hmm. achieve, uh, to become what it is today. So mm-hmm. let's go a little bit into what was your biggest struggle thus far in running Swapi and how do you overcome it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think there are maybe there are two biggest struggles, right? Right, sure. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, so I think the number one would be um, when after after a few pivots, you kind of start to question yourself, right? And it's it's it tends to be a downward spiral because once you start questioning yourself, you just um, yes, okay, um, yeah, I I am getting tired, so um, I shall not do any more work for today, and then um, and then you start procrastinate, and the more you procrastinate, the more the more work you get undone the next day, right? Um, so so it becomes it becomes this downward spiral where you know you're just going to self blame and self um, um, yeah, you're just you're just disappointed with yourself and you just can't function. Right. Uh, yeah. You're going. You, you might be going to office every day. You might be. You might be. Um. You know, doing work, sending emails every day. But your mental health isn't well taken care of. Right. So I think um founder fund, fundamental health um and I had a few low points of course. Right. So um, um, I think those were some of the most challenging times. Right. Uh, right. The other one was you know expectations of society. Right. Of you know um. If you start a startup, you better be able to raise money. Um, if you don't, then you know you are considered a failure, right? Um, or and or or actually, right? Um, you are you are supposed you are expected to get a real job, so called, right? And right. doing a startup isn't isn't a quote unquote real job, right? Um, so so of course of course there was that pressure from my family members to you know hey when are you going to to earn income and when are you going to get a real job. Um, um, and and you know, not not do your this stupid startup thing, that that I don't know whether it's even a good idea or not. Right. Yeah. So how do you handle the family's pushback and their expectation? Mm. So I I actually negotiate. I somewhat negotiate different timelines with them, right? And you have to give yourself deadlines, right? Um, with the option of extension, of course. So it's right. pretty much like negotiating a. A contract in football, right? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to play in this football club for three years because uh, it is the best for my development, and then um, I might have a one year extension clause. You know that kind of thing, right? right. So um, um, it is yeah, it, it is it is you know telling your family like, hey, uh, I think this is the best move for my career right now, and I have the finances settled. Don't worry, right? Um, for the next half a year, for example. Right. Um. But there may be unforeseen circumstances, so I might need another half a year, for example. Right. For example. Right. To, to kind of <clears throat> make sure that you know the, the startup idea. I have really actually tried my best in a startup idea. Right? right. So um, I think I think investors always say you know um when when an entrepreneur tells an investor or a VC their runway right, you have to double that number. Right, so sorry, you have to half that number, right? Because investors are entrepreneurs are always two times more optimistic than they actually are, right? So right. I think the it, it's pretty similar to you know um um when you are at very very early stage, how optimistic are you with um 
with how fast can you validate and how fast can you can you raise money. Right. Mm-hmm. I see. So um, I think just now you also mentioned a point that I found very interesting where you talk about um, there were several points where you felt that um, like the mental health of like, uh, like it's deteriorating because like it's, it's just very tough, right? So can you, could you go a little mm-hmm. bit into that and how do you sort of either overcome that or how are you like dealing with that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, I think um, so humans, even entrepreneurs, right, uh, as much as, you know, we say we are free, free-spirited and all that kind of thing, right? Um, but I think we, end of the day, humans are creatures of structure. Right, so writing down a to-do list and checking off that to-do list and making yourself feel like you're going to work, uh, just that you know you are giving yourself tasks. Right, I think that is that is one way to handle uh, time management issue. Right? right, and if if we come back to if we come back to mental health, right, um, I think, yeah, I think mental health is this big word that has been going around in the past few years and people are starting to pay more attention to. Uh, right. Yeah. But then again, then again, I think the idea is to not be too hard on yourself. But so I'm someone who don't, I, I, I don't take myself too seriously. Right. So um, I, I think, I think um, being, and, and I think, yeah, so being, being not too serious on yourself, being, you know, a very relaxed, jovial person in general does help. Right. And sometimes I, if I'm really down, I would think back to, you know, before I started up and me being happy and me being happy, carefree, cheerful, and, you know, being, being literally the most energetic one among all my friends, right. And my colleagues, um, I would, I would think back and I would, I would ask myself, Hey, how can I, that is me. That is the real me. Right. Um, and the real me can be the real me regardless of my occupation. Right. So even if I'm a, even if I, switch my occupation to be a cleaner right to be a to be a teacher to be a bus driver to be a to be a professor to be a preacher right the that happy jovial me doesn't change right right so whatever i am in whatever situations um work throw at me or you know my startup throw at me yes um my life is invested in it right it's not like i can say oh work is work me is me is me or life is life right when you're an entrepreneur, it's like work-life integration. Yes, for sure. But the core you doesn't change and people around you love you for who you are, the real you. And and don't don't drift away from that. Right. Don't don't say, oh, because I'm I'm doing a startup now and I'm too busy and I can't be bothered to think of, you know, how to be happy. So I'll just give up being happy. Right. <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't work that way, right? Uh you, you when you want to laugh, you still laugh. When you want to smile, you still smile. When you want to cry, just cry. Right. So um yeah, just do just just conduct your life as per as per how you before you started up would. Right. Mm. So do you feel that the entrepreneur life is very lonely? Like I mean as a founder yourself, do you feel like it is very difficult to find people who understands um what you're going through, your problems and your struggles? Mm, to some extent, yes, right. Because um, even even within your family or your friends, not everybody is an entrepreneur, right? right? So um, I think it is, and not everybody would would understand the the pains of being an entrepreneur, right? So um, I think it is very important to have that support network of both peers and mentors, right? So I I make it a point to tell my mentors that hey um, mentor, 
XYZ, right? Um, I I want you as a mentor, um, because you are somewhere in terms of work, you are somewhere that I want to be, right? In a few years time, and in terms of in terms of personal life, I think you know we can we we are okay to talk to each other. So uh, I will share literally everything um from emotion to personal life to you know um relationship to you know, whether I'm getting married or not, right? To 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 uh, I I just have a quarrel with my brother or something like that, right? I I literally I make it a point to share um a very very big part of my personal life with my mentors who are supposedly business mentors, right? So um, right. and I have them on Facebook, I have them on Instagram as well. So they are really my friends um, and mentors at the same time. So it's, right. I, I, think, I think having them who understand what you have been through or what you're going through because they themselves have been through it like three or four years ago. And at the same time, they are not, they are not imposing anything on you. They are there supporting you and they are, they are really just a listening, listening ear to you. I think that's very important. And a lot of people would, would say, hey, but it's very dif- difficult to find these people, right? Yeah, and, that was my next question, actually. <laughs> yeah, I see, okay. yeah, and I, I would think no, really, because um, I think the startup world in Singapore is quite small. And right. um, a lot of entrepreneurs who who have reached a certain stage, um, they really don't need a lot more things um in their life except you know helping the next generation of entrepreneurs um giving back. And if so, for example, if you are ex convict, you would be open to hire as an ex convict, right? Right. If you if you've been through that struggle of you know not having money to to you know even eat a three dollars Thai fund. Right. Or, or not having, or, you know, like facing your family every day and going through all those stress, right? Someone who is um, maybe three years younger than you, right, who comes to you and say, hey, um, I'm facing those struggles now. You really could relate and you really could. And, you know, so long you're sincere to, so long you're sincere to your mentor, uh, I, I don't see why the mentor would say no. Right. But mm. how do you like encounter such mentors? Like, is it trade shows? Is it like LinkedIn? Or like, how do you even find uh, mentors in the first place? Mm. Mm. I think um, being plugged into the ecosystem does help for sure. Right. So um, it's, it's a big word, uh, being plugged in and the word ecosystem. <laughs> but um, um, it's, it's really about, you know, um, they, you know, people always say the Singapore entrepreneurship community is very, very small, and that's really true, right? And we are, and I think we thrive on, you know, having a close knit community for, especially for early stage startups. So, um, being part of that community, um, and being really being yourself, not trying to put up a front. I, I think I've seen a good amount of people try to go to networking events and try to be plugged in, but they are putting up a front. And they are putting up a fake face that say, oh, wow, I am this successful founder who is going to raise like, you know, 250K and all that kind of thing. But uh, right. actually they are not, right? They are just trying to make themselves look successful to people. And I think um, the entrepreneurship community in Singapore is one that, you know, you don't have to purposely make yourself look damn good, right? You just need to be who you really are. Even if you are in, so-called incompetent, um, you just need to have that, that, so-called growth mindset, right? <laughs> that that mindset that you know, uh, that you want to improve yourself. But before that, uh, you need to be real. Or you need to be authentic with yourself, and you need to be authentic with the people around you. Right. Mm. So, what's the best way that you feel like? Let's say it's an aspiring uh founder or an entrepreneur, mm. like 
they just started their business, but they're not very sure how to network. How mm-hmm. would you suggest that they can go about doing it? Mm, okay, so I mean, the, the most cliche way to, to say this would be to put yourself out there, right? So um, right. really just go to a networking session and, and just network there. But um, I think another way would be to, I mean, there are a few ways, right? So either you join incubators, right? Uh, and the incubators will kind of teach you. And I, I don't, humans are social creatures, so I don't think anyone needs much coaching on how to network literally, right? Or how to talk to people. Uh, I, right. I don't think that, I, I don't think anyone needs, needs coaching and such things, right? But how to strategically speak to an investor and make an investor interested in your company? Yes. Um, then again, that that is step two already, right? Step one is, is really how to talk to people. And uh, like I mentioned, right, um, the the key, the most key thing, whether you are in an incubator environment, whether you are in a, a just, you know, go hang out at a networking event with your friend kind of environment, right? Um, it being sincere and being yourself is the most important, right? So if you are right. not a, if you are not a, a, I don't know, right? right, right. If you are not a, someone who, you know, talks about tech, right? So if you are not a tech person, don't go to a, don't go to a, a networking session for programmers and try to speak their language. You'll feel terribly, right? And right. not just you won't, not just, that you know you won't be you won't appear sincere. You even like you may even piss off some people. Right? right. So um if you are a non-tech person, go to a non-tech event. Um don't need to purposely speak about don't need to purposely say technical terms. Or don't need to don't need to you don't have to like like try to blend into someone's language or someone's kind of mode of thinking or whatever in general. Right? You just right. What you need to do is really just go to be yourself, right? And if if let's say you go for a marketing term, you don't know you don't know the technical terms in in marketing. Sure, never mind. You go you go there to I mean everyone is there to learn, end of the day. Right? So right. um um you go there and learn and you go there and speak to people and say, Hey, um I, I don't know what is. Yeah, I, I know I I know what my, my work is, you know, getting my company's page on page one of Google, right? You don't necessarily have to say SEO if it if it is not in your dictionary. Right. Yeah. So you just be as authentic and try to come across like, like just say what you know and from what it sounds like also like pick your battles wisely. Like if you're mm. like not tech or mm. if you don't know much about tech, it's very difficult for you to break into a tech networking session because like it's very hard for you to like be on the same wavelength per se. La. You, right. Would that be? You can. You, I mean, you can go in a tech networking session only if you have the intention to break into to learn tech, for example. Right. So, don't right. go, so, don't, so, I mean, I, I see a lot of business founders, right, going to a tech networking session and and they are there trying to find their co-founder, right? <laughs> which is not, which is not the, which is a wrong, wrong intent. Number one, wrong intent already. Number two, their, their tech skill or their tech knowledge is like one out of 10 and they are trying to act like they are five out of 10. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I see, I see. avoid, avoid that, avoid the five, if you're one out of 10, trying to act like five out of 10, right? So yeah, so like what I mentioned, if you don't know the word search engine optimization, you don't have to use search engine optimization, right? You don't have to purposely learn it just to use it, right? Um, You can always say, yeah, moving up Google rank, which is the same meaning. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let me move a little bit into like the flip side of it, because I think we are talking a lot about struggles and mm. how to overcome it. Mm. So what is your greatest achievement thus far at Swapi? Or like you feel like something that you can look back to and be like, hey, I'm I'm quite amazed that I actually did that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in particularly at Swapi, only or my whole journey? Go, Maybe we start with so uh, one at Swapi first, and okay. then after we can go to the whole journey. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, so I think uh, at Swapi, one, one thing that I was quite proud of is how I get how I got my initial co-working space, right? Uh, right. Was that, you know, I just, I, I was working from home for like the past, for the first two months of the company, right? And then I, and I was finding that, oh, my productivity is dropping. Uh, I, I can't really concentrate. Um, then, so that was back in August, September, 2019, right? Then, then I just post out a Facebook post. Hey, anyone, anyone can share office space with me. Um, you know, I, I cannot pay rent, uh, but I can buy, I can buy you some beers every week, every Friday or something. <laughs> right. Um, and then, and then one of my friends at Ace, they, they reach out to me and then they say, Hey, um, yeah, what we can do with you is, uh, it's a collaboration, right? Where you, we barter trade for your desk, right? So you write some articles for us every month and then and then we give you a free free desk space and i was like oh sure yeah why not right uh uh yeah so, so i think i think that that kind of embodies you know um resourcefulness how, how resourceful an entrepreneur needs to be right especially when when he doesn't have money right what can right. he do to to get what he wants without having to spend money mm. Okay, then what about like um the biggest accomplishment in your journey thus far, like uh beyond Swappy, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, a very interesting things was like you know I was the first intern at Shopback, right? So uh, I I went for an interview uh not knowing it was Shopback, right? right. <laughs> knowing that it was it was uh another corporate, right? And then uh then my ex boss was like, okay, I recommend you to this startup. Right. And then he was there for the round two interview as well. That's how I knew like, he was one of the founders. Right. Right. Uh, and then and then they and then they told me, oh, it's an e-commerce uh, thing that you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, I don't mind. So I signed the contract without knowing that it was shop back. Right. And I went in on day one. And then they were like, Oh yeah, hi, we are building this um e-commerce platform. Right. And at the same time, please build your own tables. Uh please build your own working desk. <laughs> so uh yeah, so, so so pretty pretty interesting and, and look where they are now. Right. Um so so that's that's one. Um yeah, I think another one was um I I co-founded this student community called Edge. So it was a community where, you know, we brought a lot of students to one off to, you know, tour the whole startup area. Um we brought them mentorship programs, we we did a lot of um education on the entrepreneurship scene. Right. Right. Um um and then there was this one time that I was invited to you know talk about and and I was only like barely half a year in right into the community and I was doing it as a as a so-called CCA in my final year of uni right uh and and like barely half a year in uh, I was invited to this panel discussion with um senior minister of state Dr Koko Kun so I I think it was a testament of you know um how important community building is I mean it's not about my work. Right. Uh, it's not about our work. It's about um how important the the notion of community is in our entrepreneurship team. Right. Yeah. Right. I think I just have like one final question for you to wrap up this uh interview, and that is um a question that I'll normally ask everybody that I interviewed. Uh, thus okay. far, what is one advice mm. they'll give to an aspiring entrepreneur? Mm. Um. Yeah, I think I think it is really to to let me think how should I put it? Right. So um yeah, I think know that know that it is something you want, right? Don't jump into it for the glamour, 
right? And when you are into it already, it is always about bringing value and giving back before anything is dropped. So you are the bottom of the food chain, really. You are, you, you eat the last, right? Like what Simon Sinek says, right? You eat the last after your employees, after your customers, after your family, after your, your investors, after whoever, right? You get the last share of the pie. And sometimes you don't have anything of the pie. You only get the crumbs. So you have to be satisfied with the crumbs. Right. Thank you so much, man, for taking the time to actually talk to me today. No worries. Thank you. So that was the end of the interview with Kang Liang, the founder of Swapi. I think the biggest takeaway that I got was the mental health aspect that we were discussing during our interview. What he said on, don't say because I'm doing a startup now, I'm too busy and I can't be bothered to think of how to be happy, so I will give up being happy. This really hits home to me because I feel like oftentimes, maybe we need to take a step back and ask ourselves, are we happy doing this? And if I'm not happy, what should I do to be happy? Am I taking care of myself? Entrepreneurship, in my opinion, is not just about the hustle. Because if I'm in it for the long haul, for the long run, I need to take care of myself as well. And I think that sometimes, personally, I forget that. And um, I hope that if you are out there starting your startup, maybe sometimes just take a step back and ask yourself if you're happy or if you need a break. And is there anything that you can do to make yourself happier, right? Like whether is it talking to a friend or is it going out? I think we all cope with different ways. And let me know your thoughts on how you take care of yourself. Uh, you can contact me through LinkedIn or through my email. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. We have come to the end of this episode. I hope that this has been an insightful learning experience for you. Do follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts to catch future episodes. Till then, take care. <laughs>